Holiday Spectacular. Holiday. <laughs> I don't know the words. To I don't know what you're trying to do, so I cannot help you. It's a Madonna song. Oh, I. I'm not that much older than you. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't listen to much Madonna. Oh. Madonna, Beyonce. I'm. A, I'm really a bad gay man. I was... But I'm. A, I'm a theater queer, so it like it evens out. Mm. I was like, is it insensitive for me to be like, but you're a gay boy? <laughs> no, no, it's in the bylaws. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure you have to listen to Madonna. I mean, if I get keys to the Subaru, <laughs> then you get a Madonna CD. That's how that works. I listened to <laughs> Madonna in the Avita movie soundtrack. That's legit. I feel like you fulfilled your quota. Like you okay. did your required reading. It's okay. <laughs> And I read my Judith Butler, so it's fine. We're good. <laughs> no need to... We don't need an audit here from the... What was it? I, I saw a TikTok earlier where someone referred to the LGBT community as the alphabet mafia. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. Yes, I agree. Yeah, the alphabet mafia is not coming for us and our cards that we definitely had to fill out applications for. And we just renewed. We are all set. Yep. Did you pay your dues yet? Do they take do they take a uh, Venmo? <laughs> they take Venmo. No, they're st- they're outdated. They're still asking for money orders or checks. Yeah. Oh my god. Hello friends. Welcome to the fake. Welcome <laughs> back. <laughs> Have you paid your dues? To the Alphabet Mafia, they are required <laughs> by year's end. <laughs> uh, anyway. Any whomst. Happy holidays, Aaron. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Aaron, I don't know if that's in the Happy public domain. Happy holidays. I don't know that we can. Happy holidays. Aaron, please. And the merry bells keep singing. <laughs> Happy holidays to you. It's the constant crescendo and decrescendo for me. Yes. It's the inability to <laughs> monitor my sound output. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, anyway. Yay, it's the holidays. Woohoo. Happy holidays. There's lots of them right now yeah that's true and there's gonna be lots of them around when this episode goes to air too (laughs) (laughs) we're not recording as far out as we did last year (laughs) hopefully it will still be cold when you listen to this yeah maybe it will be within the same you know six month span (laughs) 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 but yeah this is our holiday spectacular 2020 I think it should just be subtitled or we kick 2020 out and we don't talk about 2021 because we don't want to jinx it. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be a little long. But you know what? I love having a predetermined title. I don't have to think through other (laughs) options. So we're taking it. Yeah, I don't think that should be the real title. But that is the ethos I'm walking into this with, friends. Oh, fully. Absolutely fully. Yeah. Yeah. Our our group calendar in the kitchen where we mark down who has rehearsal or who's doing what, I, I put... 2020 i don't know her on on january (laughs) on december 31st and then i put 2021 save us please on january 1st no 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 there's a post going around and it's real where it was like for new year's eve we don't post shit we don't talk about 2021 we don't look it in the eye maybe if we just lay down and play dead (laughs) it will leave us alone i didn't see that oh like yeah no one fucking ruined this for us okay we gotta just like we gotta like slide under the radar and like not we're gonna not say shit all right we have no expectations none (laughs) the bar is on the ground (laughs) that's how this works that's funny i like that yep but also just because i would like to not have to think about like 
what do I want to say about the end of the year? New year, new me. <sighs> Here's what I have to say about 2020. Fuck 2020. <laughs> it was awful. It was bad. <laughs> there was so much bad shit that happened. And, like, that's not a joke. Like, I'm saying this with a somewhat laugh in my voice, but actually it was horrific. And uh, good riddance, and I hope we don't ever live through something like that again. Fingers crossed. Happy holidays. Goodbye. Oh, yep, that's it. Uh, if you guys enjoyed <laughs> the, episode. the episode, please make sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> that's our whole holiday spectacular. It's Bye, us friends. just shitting on 2021. On 20, oh, yeah, my God, 2020. 2020. Oh, no. 2020? <laughs> what if it hurt you? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So what makes this episode a holiday spectacular, Aaron? What's special about this episode? So we decided to regress. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's special about it. (laughs) So we also decided that we wanted to be done with this season. (laughs) So out of the goodness, quote unquote, of our hearts, (laughs) and because we wanted to be done, and because it seemed like a good idea when we planned this three weeks ago, we decided that we're going to go back for a special one night only performance of our previous setup of four fics to talk about. Wow. Two... Yep. Two single tag ones and two owls all in one episode. You don't get to make the joke that you make all the time. What in joke this episode. do I make? Oh, and that's our last fic. And then I jump in and I'm like, why do you do that? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like the whole like jokey thing about how like, oh, I guess that we, you know, aren't we going to jump into an AU? And it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that our listeners are going to be disappointed that the bit no longer applies. But you know what? We'll be back next year stronger than ever. <laughs> We will. I promise you there will be equally unfunny bits in 2021 (laughs) (laughs) that we beat into the ground. That is the that is the fickless guarantee. Anyway, back to our back to our spectacular. This episode is going to be great. (laughs) This episode is going to be spectacular. God fucking damn it! I am very comfortable Uh, with the energy we're creating in the studio today. (laughs) I know it's very. I just out of like to again pull the curtain a little bit. It is very late on a Thursday. We never record on a weeknight, and we never record after work, and we never record this late at night. So it's gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> we are in uh, for a treat. Oh yeah. All around. Yep. Y'all are it's going to get weird, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, should we sh- do we want to tell people what our tags are uh, up front or should we surprise them with the AU at the end? I kind of love the idea of surprising people with the AU at the end. All right. We didn't used to do it that way, but it sounds kind of fun. You know, we regress and we improve a little on it. Yeah. We revisit and revise <laughs> our decisions from previous years. It's the remastered version. <laughs> yep. It's the update. <laughs> so what's our first tag then, Aaron? Our first tag... Apropos for the season and also for my life here in my family home in Boston, where I'm going to be for a couple weeks, is snowed in. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. Have you? What do you? Go ahead. No, after you, please. No, after you. Oh my gosh, no, please. Oh my god, no. It would be the second time I've cut you off, Aaron. Please don't let me do that to you. I know. See bits. Bits. Um, I was going to ask, do you read Snowden I use? Do you like them? What do you like about them? Please tell me your thoughts and feelings. I don't know that I've... Okay, so I've never like... I never seek a uh, particular... This I've never... Nope. There, <laughs> wow. Here, there it is, folks. Here it is. <laughs> it's Here been it is. three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even into oh, the Oh, man. Yet. Let me open the vodka. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I've never sought out this, like, uh, tag on my own before. Yeah, I've stumbled upon it. But 
what I really enjoy is to me this does really well with like enemies to lovers situations because I love the tension of like oh I hate you but we're stuck here and like the tension rises and it gets steamy and I love it I agree I also love mutual pining mm-hmm. and Snowden. Oh yeah, that's if really pe- good. Two people who are like, we can't. I can't say anything because she obviously doesn't like me, or I can't say anything because they obviously like. You know, they have this like dark past, and I don't want to like pressure them into anything or whatever it is. And both of them are like clearly, or all of them, if it's polyship, if everybody involved is like, no, I can't say anything, but I'm like so into this person, and then they get Snowden, and it's just like bitch we're gonna talk (laughs) (laughs) there there ain't nothing left for us to do but to talk what are we gonna do especially if the power goes out and it's candlelight yes chef's kiss yes so good yeah i totally agree i Uh, also uh, (laughs) you also (laughs) i mean i also don't really like seek out snowden fix but it's definitely something that i read this time of year and like it comes up usually like it just starts to be like a thing that populates the like top of your AO3 tags right. at a certain point in the in the season. So I, I read them and I enjoy them immensely and I agree that I think they're really fun. And I think, yeah, enemy lovers is always fun. It's a good avenue for like basically forced conversations yeah. and forced sort of like reckonings with things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which can be really fun. And they also like it's fun to read about less fun to experience (laughs) so it's again one of those things where you're like "Ooh, this is like very intriguing but like would not want to have happen in real life so there's that element of sort of fantasy involved in it that's kind of fun well see to me i I, because i come from the land of south texas where i i didn't see snow ever i I love the idea of being like snowed in somewhere i'm like "Ooh, how exciting you know I think when you grow up with it and it really fucks up your life, you're just like, no. (laughs) Because, well, I also think there's a difference between like, ooh, the weather outside is frightful and like, (laughs) oh, we're fucking stuck. (laughs) You feel me? That was the best. That is the best sound bit. Please use that as as our ad for this one. I will. But like, do you get what I mean, though? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a very, there's a difference between, like, oh, it's snowing outside. I've got some hot cocoa. This is great. But, like, I'm not in danger. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to, like, the time when there was so much snow outside of my house when I was a kid that the power went out for a week. And our, like, we literally were, like, huddling in our basement next to our fireplace. Oh, my God. Because it was cold. And it was January. And our power was out. <laughs> like, that sucked. Like, no, that was not fun. Yeah, I like my fantasy so, better than your reality. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it's a great fantasy. I don't want to experience it. <laughs> I've done that. It, it was not bueno. It was bad. Anyway, so who wants to start with Snowden? I can start by talking about the one you sent me. That sounds great. Because do I remember it? I kind of remember it. <laughs> Off to a great start. Stellar. I mean, on brand, though. (laughs) True. True. This has nothing to do with the time of year or where we are mentally. Nope. That's just who I am as a person. I have no excuse. So Aaron sent me a lovely little fic titled Passion Fruit, Mango, and Chocolate Cake. It is uh, an orphan account, sad face, uh, on an archive of our own. It is a Star Wars 
Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> it is a Star Wars sequel trilogy fic with Poe and Finn. Uh, no Ray. I, I noticed that. I, I, re- I read the tags now. So proud. after being uh, after being told off about it. Now I, I read. I see it. Yep. Um, Even though we led you astray that one time. <laughs> that's true. With right the shameless after tags that were just wrong. <laughs> oh man, good times. Uh, yeah. So, so this is uh, Poe and Finn, and the summary reads. Finn braves the oncoming snowstorm to help Poe bake his grandfather's Christmas cake. And that is short, sweet, and to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like this fic, I would say. Yep. <laughs> um, so in the interest of time, I'm just going to condense, condense, condense. So like the summary says, Finn is driving and making his way over to Poe's house because Poe lives in like a... He's remodeled a farmhouse like somewhere off in the outskirts of town and it is snowing. And the whole time Finn is driving, he's like, the snow is getting bad. I should have canceled. But now he's going to tell me to, I have to spend the night because it's it's going to get bad. And he's like, I don't know how to feel oh, about no. that. Yeah. Oh, no. What do I do? That's going to be weird because I have a crush on him. Also, they're teachers. And that's how they meet. Like up to now, they have they have teacher crushes on each other because all they've had interaction wise is like at school and between like classes and at the teacher's lounge so it's like very like and i feel like everyone has had that moment where you like you want to keep talking to someone but you both literally cannot keep talking because you both have like jobs to do yep everyone has had a work crush at some point yep uh, and that's what that is what's happening here poe is having like the inverse of that thought process at home where he is looking at the window and being like damn i should have canceled so he doesn't come out now he's gonna have to stay the night i can make dinner for him and it's gonna be so sweet but oh no does he like me the way i like him or are we just friends ah <laughs> finn gets here okay the one thing i would i would like to i would like to address so this has the trope or uh, this has the the device in which BB-8 is a dog, yep, which we love. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a. I think it's a border collie, though. It's not a. It's not a Shiba, it, uh, which I think was usually. Excuse me. <laughs> BB-8 is clearly a corgi. A corgi. Thank you. I, no, I could... no, BB-8. No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, I led you astray. BB-8 in this fic is a border collie. Yes. But this fic is incorrect. Yes, that I just couldn't remember <laughs> what the correct one was because you have told me before, like it's it's corgi. It's like it's fanon that BB-8 would be a corgi. Great. Of course. So it's a border collie in this one, and I was like, that's incorrect. I, I couldn't remember the correct one, but that's not right. <laughs> and then You're like, I just know that Aaron will tell me that this is wrong. But also because this is it's an alternate universe, it is uh, no Star Star Wars related thing. They're literally teachers. I I was like, BB eight's a strange name for a dog. BB eight, sit, sit, BB eight. Yeah. Like I, I. Yeah. Can we, as a fanon like thing, can we also establish that whenever it's like an alternate universe type thing where BB eight is a dog, can we give it like a nickname or a yeah. do- like a dog name? If I remember, if I remember correctly, I read a fic once where like the author explained it in a headcanony kind of way that was like really clever mm. where basically they were like yeah like I, this is my dog that i've had for a while but like my little nephew like named it like his, her name was bb and it was, it, there was like a whole thing oh okay and it like was a cute part of the story which was really clever so like yeah i'm kind of with you i think it is something that like you can turn into an interesting thing as opposed to just being a, like 
Why would you name your dog that if Star Wars isn't a thing? It's just so <laughs> strange when you're like, that is a yeah. that is a part number, sir. That is, that is not yeah. a dog. That's a unit number? Yeah. It's like when people... You have a border collie? This is like the inverse of when people get angry when uh, other people name their pets like Susan. <laughs> like human names. Oh my names. god, but I love... I cannot tell you how much I love naming animals like very hyper normal white people names. <laughs> Which checks out with your, with your lovely cat. I didn't technically name that cat. Oh, really? I just kept it. Yeah, oh, well, so I, my cat's perfect. name... Well, I kept her first name. I added the rest of them. <laughs> so my cat, her full name is Geraldine Delilah Ferraro. <laughs> After the former uh, congresswoman who served under President Bill Clinton, uh, but her her name was Geraldine when Incredible. I adopted her. I just thought it was I thought of Ferraro, and then that was it. Like I was like I can't change this now. Incredible. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just assumed you gave it that name because it's because she, it fits. Yeah, I mean it does. It's with a everything great I know name. about you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because I'm a grandma, and it's a grandma name. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. But no. <laughs> She just came to me like that. It was fate. <laughs> I love that story. Oh, that makes it sweeter. But needless to say, that's not what happened here. Nope. <laughs> the border collie's named BB-8, and we are not happy about it. <laughs> we don't know why. <laughs> we don't know why. Um, yeah, so Finn gets in, and then... So Finn apparently knows how to bake because he worked a summer at, like, a bakery, and he, like, a, it was an apprentice under, like, the head baker or whatnot. So he's trying to help Poe recreate his grandfather's, like, cake recipe from... When he was a child and his grandfather has passed away now and Poe's really trying to make sure that he is able to make it on his own by Christmas time, which is approaching, obviously, because it's snowing. Mm-hmm. Although I guess it could be snowing after Christmas, but details. Um, <laughs> Irregardless. Irregardless. <laughs> He's Italian. Um, Anyway, so they they have a like a lovely montage of like basically pining over each other and staring at like, wow, Finn like really knows his way around the kitchen and like. Finn being like, wow, Poe really, like, is really cute how he focuses on the recipe and, like, how he puts all his, like, attention to the things. And it's very cute. And there's a thing, too, where Finn, like, stands right behind Poe to, like, guide his hands a la ghost (laughs) just in case he needs, like, he's about to fuck something up. Which I was like, okay, space would be nice, but sure. (laughs) You're like, this is not my fantasy, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, um, uh, okay, I understand. They finish making the cake and it's just setting in the fridge now. And then now they both look out the window and lo and behold, it has started to snow like too heavily for Finn to be able to get out. So he's going to spend the night and Poe now is going to like make dinner. And he's like, get out of my kitchen. You're now a guest. You can't help me with dinner. So Finn goes to the living room and plays with BB-8 for a bit. The border collie, in case you forgot. Um, (laughs) Which is 100% what I would do in Finn's situation. Be like, all right, bye. And then going out with the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Then they have dinner and it's lovely and it's really cute. And the whole time they're just both thinking like, does he like me? He keeps staring at me. He he like blushes. I'm not sure. They wash dishes together, which, ugh, domestic bliss. I love, I love a moment of we're doing the chores together. It's always washing the dishes because really it's like the most, like it already is just like, it lends itself to being a two-person job. Yeah. I don't know that it would work well with, like, if you're mopping and sweeping. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it's like, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vroom, vroom, here comes the vacuum. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny, but I did. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're tired. We're yep. punchy. <laughs> um, yeah, and so and... they have finished putting away the plates, and now 
uh, they have this like stare off moment where like, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? And Poe like starts touching Finn's arm and it just slowly travels up to it like his jaw. And that apparently is like the universal sign for kiss me, you fool. And so they start kissing. <laughs> and the, the fic ends with we cut to black and we uh, we fade in on the couple waking up the next morning and it's snowy and it's bright and they're naked and they're in bed and like they're cuddling and it's cute and it's nice. Wow. And that is the fic. That was the fastest summary you have ever done. That was like <laughs> speed run. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that was Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> of summaries. <laughs> Gotta go fast. Gotta go. Gotta go faster, faster, faster. Oh my God. Um. Yeah. So I, I thought this was enjoyable. This other than the BB-8, bit which i i i <laughs> like i i like the star wars series fine like i wouldn't say that i'm like a star wars fanboy mm-hmm. but i was more angry about that bb8 thing than i think i had a right to be <laughs> i think we've earned a little bit of right to be unreasonably nitpicky about things <laughs> that's true you know two seasons into this i think we can just lay claim to that and it's fine agreed my only kind of critique about this was um the for the majority of it, I felt like the personalities were not what I have kind of come to be accustomed to. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's just because of the nature of the fic. Like, it's so, it's meant to be short and sweet and, like, mm-hmm. like a warm cup of hot cocoa. So there's not, like, angst. There's no, like, character development to really speak of. Did you just say um, you were looking for angst in a fan fiction? <laughs> Who are I'm you? Not saying, I'm not saying I was looking for Where it, is Alon? <laughs> You are not a lawn. <laughs> I am just saying that, like, sometimes, like, a slightly higher stakes, like, brings out some, like, other aspects of a per- of a character. And this fic did not have that for me. It felt like they were a little too one-note, mm-hmm. very pining, and, like, that's basically, that was their personality. And I also thought, thought that this is one of those fics uh, that you mentioned at times where I think you can literally just unplug these characters and then plug in different characters. Yep. Um, which is not bad. Again, like it makes sense. I think this really this time of year and this tag lends itself well to like be universal to other things, but I would have enjoyed a little more, uh, a little more like customization. It, yeah. it was almost there. Just a little more personality that I've come to know or like, a little more personality shits would have been nice. Yeah, and a little bit more specificity. Yes, that's a good word. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Very, but overall, a lovely time. I read it in bed and I was cozy and I was like, mm, that's warm. No. I like that. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. I think I've said this a lot about Fix This Season and that maybe isn't a good thing, but this is one of those ones where I was like, this will do. And it is very emblematic of the trope for me mm-hmm. where it's very much i mean exactly what we were talking about a lot of pining yeah a lot of like oh now we're stuck and we have like is it will we won't we blah 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 like yeah. it's that but it that's not specific to any character or any fandom it's just kind of a th- like, like it's a it's a trope that you can apply to any you can just kind of drag and drop whoever you want in there yeah <laughs> to make kissy kiss and it's great so yeah i i need you to know that you came very close <laughs> to a two hundred thousand word total angst fest of a fic for snowed in for snowed in which is the same one i almost sent you for meet the family (laughs) i'm gonna send it to you at some point because it's great but i knew i look forward to it yeah i knew i couldn't send you magician's fic for two in one episode again Mm -hmm. because that's pushing it even for me (laughs) so 
I did not send that to you. And also I was like, mm, he doesn't want to read 200,000 words of angst right now. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to do that to him. You know what the trick should be is you should give it to me at the start of a season and not at the end when we're just like running on fumes. fumes. Yeah, that's right. But it's funny because it's the same one that I posted about sassafrassing you with on Twitter. And so anyone who saw that tweet or like <laughs> is in the Magicians fandom and reads Magicians fic knows exactly what fic I'm talking about. <laughs> and they're just waiting for me to send it to you now. You will read it eventually. Oh, it's I, awesome, I, I but have, like it, it just yeah. I believe you, Evelyn. I couldn't was, do that to you. Evelyn was uh very very ecstatic at knowing the fic and was yeah. very proud of the fact that they were the one who submitted it. Yeah, hundred percent. Hi, Evelyn. <laughs> By the way, greetings, <laughs> greetings, <laughs> salutations. <laughs> uh, anyway, what Should do you rate? Move? No, what do you rate it? What oh, is wrong yeah, with I you? We've been doing this for two I'm seasons, Errol. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm. Um, let's see. That is a three. A solid three. I will take that. Frankly, that's higher than I thought you were going to go. But again, you're nicer than I am. So I'm nicer than you. <laughs> Just because I said it <laughs> doesn't mean you had to agree. <laughs> All Great you need butt. to do is look at the averages. <laughs> True. I, I have not been tracking our averages. At some point, I think it'd be funny to track them just to see how badly, <laughs> how much of a jerk I am, just in quantifiable like, data. Uh, but yeah, at some point, eventually. At some point. Yeah, our, our, our season five finale. Yep, I agree. I am going to talk about the one that you sent me. Yes. And I am going to attempt to be as concise as you just were. I believe in you. But I'm bad at these things. I will, I will only gently remind you we still have two more figs to talk about past this. True. All right. So the fic Alan sent me for Snowden is called Getting Into the Christmas Spirits by Captured by Noodles and Kizu Katana. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. Good job. Wow. That's the last one I'm going to say correctly. I guarantee it. <laughs> I will let you guess what fandom it is, friends, based on, on that. Um, ooh, it ooh, is ooh, ooh. Naruto again. Woo-hoo. Yes. Woo. So everyone uh, take a shot. Every time I fuck up Sasuke's name, <laughs> you'll be, we will be dead. asleep in about mm, three minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. As always, this is Sasuke and Naruto. In this particular case, this is a uh, AU, presumably, where they are just sort of like humans. <laughs> they are not in some kind of weird shogun situation that I don't understand because I don't watch the uh, anime. Yep. Um, yep, yep. It is set around the holiday times, and one of my favorite tags of this particular fic is shitty holiday jobs, which... If anybody has ever worked retail or um, like service industry work around the holidays, you will feel that to your core <laughs> <laughs> because accurate. I never worked retail around the holidays, but I did used to work for a Chinese food restaurant. And if anybody has ever done that around the holidays, oof, Godspeed. Oof. So the summary of this fic. Naruto and Sasuke are both working shitty jobs over the holidays, but a prank, a snowstorm and a bottle of tequila make things a whole lot better. And then there's this author note. <laughs> the author note says, and I quote, Warning, hard yaoi, 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 parentheses, boy, ex-boy, rimming in AO3, and Y, exclamation point, gal versions, not appropriate for young readers, 18 plus. 
Disclaimer, it wouldn't be fanfiction if we owned Naruto, now would it? And I wouldn't still be working my day job if I made any money writing this, that's for damn sure. Author's note, Noodles and I both wanted to write something for the holidays, blah, 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 blah. so we combined them and this is where we landed. Hope you enjoy. I guess it is more eggnog than lemonade, but there is plenty of lemon in it. Naru Sasu. And I wrote a note to myself, mm-hmm. which was, I feel like 2008 just came and smacked me upside the head <laughs> with a two by four in this author's note, even though it was written in 2014. <laughs> Incredible. There was so much... Like, that's such a fandom... When we talk about fandom vernacular and, like, fandom words, this has so many of them in there. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. Like, we do speak our own language, (laughs) which is pretty funny. Um, With the disclaimer of the, like, I don't own this and, like, I don't make any money off of this, which is, like, such a holdover from the, like, the crackdown days when they would, like, sue people for copyright infringement and, like, Mm -hmm. talking about lemons and, like, yow. And I was like, oh, my God. It was so funny. (laughs) So anyway, I just enjoyed that, and I felt like, as a fandom old lady, that I needed to point out how delightful that was to me. It's good. So this is a one-shot. It is basically what it says in the summary. Um, Naruto is a singing Santagram delivery boy, and boy, does his life suck. (laughs) Um, He basically is like, everything is terrible. People keep punching me because, fun fact, when people send a Santagram, they just send mean messages to each other, (laughs) and I'm the one who has to, like, do it. And uh, yeah, so then I get you know, punched. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. And he gets one delivery on sort of like a super like snowy night. And it's his last thing of the day. And it's at this weird store and he shows up and it's like the thing says, go to like the back entrance. You'll be let in. He's like, this is fucking weird. I don't like this at all. And he's like, all right, cool. I guess I'm just going to go like deal with this and then go home and just be miserable. Cut to Sasuke, who is inside of the store where Naruto is standing outside in the snow. And it turns out that Sasuke works at said store and has been working for many hours because it is a retail store. I think it's a Macy's is what it says. Yes. And it is his responsibility to restock all the inventory because there was the Christmas Eve, like dumb people last minute rush and they have to be ready for the 26th and blah, blah, blah. So he's there and he gets a phone call and like or something like a text and he answers and he's like, what's going on? And it's Naruto, and Naruto has called him because Naruto's outside in the snow in his Santa outfit, (laughs) waiting to be let in to give him this stupid uh, thing. And Sasuke's like, how'd you get this number? And Naruto's like, well, one of your coworkers, and Sasuke apparently has this coworker who's kind of a dick, and keeps trying to, like, give his number out to people because apparently Sasuke is very attractive, which is kind of a point in this thing where he's like, yeah, I'm good looking. (laughs) His whole internal narrative is, like, about how like attractive he is to people but how he's like so over it and i just wrote is sasuke like canonically super beautiful or is this just like a phantom thing like what is this because it's so weird to me it is definitely canon where he is um he's rich um and he's like mysterious and all the girls are like falling over each other to like get his attention but he doesn't want it because all he cares about is revenge Got it. Okay. Well, he's also real arrogant, and I was like, not about it. So Also canon. Oh, okay. Uh, that's fine. So he basically, Naruto's like, would you just let me the fuck in the store because it's cold out here, and I have to give you this stupid fucking singing Santagram bullshit, and like, <laughs> please. And Sasuke is like, okay, fine. So he lets him in, and he's like convinced that he's actually a Santa stripper because his coworker like would do that. And Naruto's like, I'm not a fucking stripper. And Sasuke's... Mm, 
What? Oh, I wrote it down because I was so mad. Sasuke snorted. This is a quote. Sasuke snorted skeptically at the guy's comment about making money as a stripper, eyeing the portly figure in the costume. Sure, the blue eyes were nice, but that seemed to be about all he had going for him. And I just wrote, wow, bitchy, eat shit, Sasuke. <laughs> <laughs> like rude like i don't care if you think you're beautiful (laughs) you're also clearly a little bitch (laughs) like what the fuck so oh and of course naruto is like looking at him he's like he's really attractive an asshole but an attractive and i was like no stop it (laughs) stop it (laughs) so they're kind of having that moment of like uh like whatever which i think is a reference to canon being enemies right Mm -hmm. and so sasuke is like fine whatever i guess you can like do the stupid santagram situation and naruto doesn't he's like just don't hit me all right (laughs) and he sings this song which is supposed to be sung to the tune of frosty the snowman i will just read you the first the first verse of this because it's a full thing yeah it's a whole song it says to my favorite ice queen sasuke the ice queen was a sexually frustrated soul with a corn cob pipe stuck up his ass and two eyes made out of coal (laughs) it don't and it gets worse (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's the song he sings for him uh oh the uh the chorus is look at duck butt go <laughs> running from swarm and hose <laughs> moving on so <laughs> so that happens and uh apparently the song comes with a bottle of jose cuervo which is fine and uh sasuke kind of just is like okay (laughs) this happened i guess and naruto's like seriously just don't hit me and sasuke kind of has this moment of like "Eh, whatever like i don't really care like somebody who put this much thought into this is clearly just like either jealous or like an asshole so like not worth my time and if even if it was that stupid coworker, like not my type fuck off like whatever so then he looks over and notices that naruto is like actually cold and actually a little miserable and is like okay this is your last job of the day right and naruto's like yeah and he's like all right do you want to do a shot with me (laughs) (laughs) and naruto's like uh and then i should really get going because it's snowing but then they do a shot and then oh he naruto decides that he's gonna like take off the santa suit because it's all wet and gross and cold from the snow and he's like whatever and he's like all padded out and stuff because literally like they give him padding for the Santa suit. And it turns out he's super buff and Sasuke has to eat shit because <laughs> he was wrong. But also like, oh my God, where is it? There's a line in here where I was like, is this how men talk to each other? I have questions. Yeah. So he's like taking, he takes his shirt off. He's down to basically like an undershirt. And of course he's all like buff or whatever. And Sasuke's like, mm, now I'm interested. And... They get to talking because they're sitting there doing tequila shots and whatever. And Sasuke asks Naruto what he does. And Naruto's like, oh, I'm in college. I'm studying to become an English teacher. And Sasuke's like, I would have pegged you as more of the phys ed type. And Naruto lifts his shirt to show off his washboard abs. <laughs> says the thick. And says, what, jealous? <laughs> and all I could think to myself, I was like, is this how men talk to each other? <laughs> If so, no wonder I don't understand them. <laughs> I, I went to women's college. I don't know these things. <laughs> that was not my experience. Okay. But I will admit that I feel like I saw that happen in the periphery of like high school when it's like all this, you know, like the straight dumb boy, like dumb class clowns. And they're always just like, eh. If you think for a second that I was in any dumb straight boy popular kid group long enough in proximity to experience this 
then you have not met me as a person. <laughs> like, no, this is not a thing I experienced even in the periphery. But I believe that it happens, which is why I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so anyway, basically, it boils down to they're both like, mm, with a little bit of tequila in me, I'm very into you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Then Sasuke gets a call from his brother, Itachi, and turns out the storm was supposed to be coming later, but now it's here and it's a whiteout and there's no way Naruto's leaving. And they're like, well, may as well get drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So they do more shots and they hang out and they get to talking or whatever. And they're both like, so what's what's shitty about your Christmas? (laughs) And they get to bitching about their lives and whatever and like how their jobs that they work are really like shitty. And then the lights start to flicker and Naruto's like, so there's a generator, right? <laughs> and Sasuke's like, I don't know. I've never been here when the power went out. And then the lights go out, <laughs> of course. And there is a generator for, like, heat and stuff, but they can't watch TV like they were going to. Like, there's no light. It's just kind of, like, dark or whatever. And they're sitting on this couch in Naruto's office, Sasuke. which is, like, where this whole exchange has been happening, which is probably good because I didn't say where this was happening before. This wasn't just happening in, like, aisle four. <laughs> like, this, was, this was happening in Naruto's office. Or, no, sorry, Sasuke's, Sasuke's office. And uh, they're on this couch or whatever, and they just start, like, nudging closer to each other mm-hmm. as they're, like, drinking. And they share the bottle and then they, like, start talking about, like, oh, what are you going to do for, you know, what plans do you have for the holidays? And Sasuke's like, you know, the usual. Go to a party. Get wasted. Maybe pick someone up. <laughs> and Naruto's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so me is what you're saying. <laughs> do me. Hi, I'm somebody. Hello, I'm here. And he says, what he actually says is, looks like you're about halfway there. And then he pulls it, like, he does this thing that happens in fan fiction and i might be too asexual for it but it's like he like pulls his hand towards his mouth and like sucks on his thumb and i think that shit's so weird i'm sure it's fine you're making a face that the listeners at home can't see because this is an audio medium <laughs> you know it happens <laughs> and i i i uh, i will not answer i will not be taking questions at this moment really because i have an entire keynote address that <laughs> i have so many questions Cool. Good to know that that's a thing. Especially when you're drunk. Come on. I don't drink. Oh, well, this is really out of your wheel. (laughs) I don't drink and I don't really have sex. (laughs) But you do better in the first fic. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, it's obviously very clear, like, what I go for in terms of this kind of stuff. So, anyway, they have a lot of sex. (laughs) They do. (laughs) This begins, like, a zero to 60 hookup situation, (laughs) which is, like... Seems to be the situation with Naruto and Sasuke a lot of the time. They go from zero to 60 very quickly. And, you know, Naruto, I'm pretty sure, like, goes down on him. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. They They have a whole, like... They go at it. Yeah, they have some sexy times on the couch. And then, well, there's, like, a moment where they're, like, Naruto's, like, oh, well... He's come twice now, but I don't have any lube. Okay, cool. Whatever. It just, like, moves on. But then later, they're, like, actually fucking. And I'm like, wait, what happened to the lube? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's bad. You need that. Bad things are going to happen. Sometimes all, you know, all all you can do is take some spit and say a little prayer. (laughs) I have so many concerns, not the least of which is tearing. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) That is valid (laughs) and correct. Because certain parts are self-lubricating and mm-hmm. others are not yep and that correct okay and cool great we're moving on <laughs> <laughs> so anyway they have a good amount of sex and they have a good time they, they enjoy it lube or no yeah uh and it's great and then it's over and then they're like okay 
they come back to reality after laying together for a little while. They literally have like 15 minutes of just like laying there. And then they're like, all right, cool. Good times were had by all. <laughs> Good night. And Naruto is like, uh, kind of was uh, like, it's a little hemi and hawy. And it's like, is this a one time thing? Like what's going on? And Sasuke's like, you already have my phone number. And Naruto's like, yeah, but I wasn't sure if you want me to use it, question mark. And Sasuke's like, just don't plan to work on New Year's Eve. LOL. So, yeah, it happened. And then there's this little, like, epilogue situation. It's just, like, a little paragraph where the shitty coworker at the store is, like, sitting there. And Sasuke walks in and he's not only whistling, but he's whistling a Christmas song. <laughs> and Kiba, who's the coworker, is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Sasuke's like... Haven't you been trying to get me into the Christmas spirit? And then he looks over and realizes that uh, Kiba is sitting on the sofa that he just had all that banging sex on. And the last line is, oh, and I wouldn't sit there if I were you. The end. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays, team. So we picked very different fics for each other. Absolutely. Aaron, I had it. I had the moment. I had the moment, Aaron. This was my this was my time. I, I started looking and I was looking through the Snowden tags. I was like, ah. I don't know. And I, I like, there was a few fandoms I wanted to hit, but none of them had any Snowden. And I was like, bummer. So I was like, man, I guess I'll just, I'll, um, I'll, I'll look for some Naruto because I'm always in the mood for some Naruto. And I was reading other fix, and then I was like, wait, I've read one <gasps> where Naruto was the singing Santa. And I was like, where is that? And I like looked through all my bookmarks. And of course, this was before I made, like, I made my AO3 account. I was like, I, so I didn't have it bookmarked mm-hmm. and I didn't have it saved in any of my spreadsheets. I was like, where is it? And I was like, Googling and I was like, where are you? That's the where I started to Google stuff. No, actual, the like, the bottom of the barrel is when you start asking on Tumblr <laughs> for help. Yeah. <laughs> Someone will help you, but it's like, it's the worst. <laughs> True. But I had it. I had the moment where I was like, I know a fic that would work for this. And I found it. I'm so and proud I of you. Was like, Wow, we've made it. And the only reason I, I know this fic exists was because I was looking at, I read it last year when we were looking for like mm. holiday fic. Fun. And it came together. Well, well done, team. Yeah. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, like, it's not super my jam, but like, it's well written. It's certainly enjoyable. I like the sarcastic, like, sassafras humor of it. <laughs> Am I going to come back to it? Probably not. Yeah, that's fair. This definitely, like, fits a niche, though. Like, it serves a purpose. Yeah, I get that. So, I can't knock it for not being my particular cup of tea in this case. I respect that. Good for you. Yep. Very mature. Thank you. Now, the question, what do you what do you rate it? I think it's, like, a solid three. Nice. Oh, yeah. that is, wow. That is very high for you. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit less bitchy, Alan. <laughs> The holiday holiday magic's working, everyone. And my heart has grown three sizes. <laughs> I just watched that movie yesterday, the, the Jim Carrey one. No. Um, Incorrect. Delightful. No. That's the bad version. We don't talk about that version. I, I, no, I disagree. I love that version. I think it's hilarious. Good times were had by all. Did I cry? Yes. Many times. Y'all can't see the face I'm making. But no, it's bad. <laughs> I like it. I just don't. I'm so enamored of the original cartoon. Eh, that I it's ju- fine. <gasps> Get out. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. Because I didn't grow up with it, and I'm willing to bet you did. Oh, I absolutely did. But it's really, so it's it's go. sad we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> hey, it was a good run, everyone. Yeah. Uh, two seasons, longer than anyone expected. Yeah, honestly. Um, <laughs> what a bummer. So sad. That's so, so sad. Bye forever. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. No, yeah. I mean, that's, I think, 
of the Christmas movies, I think that is probably, if not top of my list, definitely top three, like the original. Nice. When I say movies, including all of the like shorts and the like the animated like the stuff and the claymation ones. stuff, yeah, because yeah, like it's not a full length. Obviously, it's like twenty minutes long. But right, right, right. Anyway, you know, speaking of holiday movies, you know which one I recently saw for the first time to my detriment. What? Love Actually. I've never seen it. Don't. <laughs> like it has not aged well i've heard it's not aged well is the problem not only did it not age well like it's infuriating it's so i I was angry the whole time i was complaining i was screaming up a storm i was like what the fuck is this bullshit (laughs) like incorrect emma thompson you can do better that's all i know is that emma thompson can do better she can um honestly yo maybe you should watch it i think i would be interested to hear your thoughts just know you will be incredibly aggravated the entire time that sounds right for me but i mean i'm usually aggravated all the time so it's fine yeah, and I told a friend recently, I was like, oh, I haven't seen it. And she's like, oh, that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'll just watch it this year. And she was like, no, you don't understand. It didn't age well, so you're not going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> you should have watched it like 10 years ago. And I was like, well, bummer. Like, I <laughs> Here was we are. three. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, no, that's one I haven't seen. And so what I did watch recently, which I hadn't seen in a long time, although I had seen it, my sort of like you know circle back around christmas film of the season has been the muppet christmas carol i've never seen it <gasps> it's michael kane <laughs> you have to see it maybe uh, maybe maybe i'll watch that this year it's where the gif of kermit goes there's one more sleep till christmas parentheses internal screaming comes from <laughs> <laughs> one more sleep till christmas it's the best it is actually a fantastic adaptation of that story. I've heard that. I think it's consi- widely considered to be the best adaptation mm-hmm. of that story. Which is correct. Uh, and I would believe that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Muppets. I love the Muppets. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, please be sure to How did I know? like it. How did I know? Uh, because you you know me very well. and I do. And you know that I cannot. I physically could not help myself from doing it. I also set it up somewhat myself because I made a point to point out the bit yeah i don't know if i would have remembered <laughs> and then you were like well i must i must <laughs> now, now i've got <laughs> this to how this works this was a challenge yeah. yeah you opened the door and i walked through like i don't know what you <laughs> yeah. what do you want me to do here you set up the shot and i took it i don't <laughs> this is a very solid game of t-ball <laughs> so but yeah um we have more fix to talk about aaron should we unwrap the gift and tell people what our au was we should because it's Anyway, we should. (laughs) (laughs) So for our final alternate universe of season two of The Fick List, we decided to be very grandiose with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have chosen Soulmate uh, alternate universe. Yep. And I have a question for you, Aaron. (laughs) Yeah, Alan? What is the Soulmate AU? (laughs) What what, what do you quantify (laughs) as the Soulmate AU? (laughs) So a soulmate AU, friends, Mm -hmm. for those who are not in the know, is an AU. Usually it's sort of like modern adjacent. Like it's it's real life, but it's like a little, there's something a little bit different about it where in some way soulmates are an actual practical reality, right? So sometimes Fanon takes that to be like you have soulmates words appear on your body at a certain Mm -hmm. age or when you're born or something like that and like the first time your soulmate talks to you those will be the words that they say sometimes it's like a timer thing which is always kind of interesting where somebody will have like a timer on their wrist or whatever that counts down to the time you meet your soulmate sometimes it's just like it's usually either words or a timer in my experience but there are other sort of like ways to do it Mm -hmm. 
sometimes it's like matching tattoos which i think is kind of cool oh yeah, yeah. um I like that a lot. sometimes it's actually like a tether like you experience i've read a couple usually super angsty where you like feel what your soulmate feels oh yeah which is fascinating of course in my case it was all like womp. so <laughs> like, that was, it was it was not they weren't like you know they weren't feeling the happy eating. things they weren't eating marshmallows. <laughs> it wasn't they good. Marshmallows. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a couple ways to do it. But basically, in this version of reality, soulmates are an actual, like, scientific, practical reality that influences the ways in which people, like, operate. I see. I understand. Great. As if you didn't understand that already. You know, why don't I talk about what you sent me first? Did you not know that? <laughs> and then we can talk about what I sent you. Um, How did you not know that? We'll talk about that when we get to the pic <laughs> I sent you, but for now. Okay. Um, <laughs> cool. So I think to no one's surprise or even mild shock. Here we are. Aaron has sent us a Qualiet fic <laughs> for this tag, which makes sense it does <laughs> i almost sent you a quentin and penny fic i i came this close I been but it so wasn't angry as you. i know it wasn't as well written as this one mm. and it had other tags that i was actually more interested in leaving it for and also i can't i can't i can't <laughs> couldn't i couldn't do it i was like but but it's quiet mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quiet <laughs> I can't do Penton, Penton for a soulmate. That is abhorrent. I hate that. It's awful. Penton. I hate it. I love it as a hate ship. Like it's a very fun hate ship. Interesting. I would like, I would be very interested to read something. Here's the thing. If you had sent me that for soulmates, yeah. I would have been pissed. Because right. the moment we we decided this tag, I was like, I'm getting a Quelia fic from her. Correct. And I moved on with my life. <laughs> right. You just accepted it because you understand me as a person. Thank Correct. you. I love you. Um. Yeah. No. For sure. But it's a. It, Anyway, I could talk about this forever, but I actually think Penny and Quentin are a fascinating dynamic to explore yeah. as, like, they hate each other and they don't stop hating each other. <laughs> and it it can get so fun. Wow. But only, like, really in that capacity. Like, I don't think they're actually good for each other. Yeah. I No, I, from what I have read, I don't think so. But, yeah, yeah I, w- I would be interested to read a fic about it. Yeah. Probably not this tag, though. Right. Anywho. Anywho. So what you did send me is a Quelliot fic mm-hmm. on archive of our own. Shock uh, it is titled, To Be, parentheses, Unknown. This is written by Proof of Concept and Wild Dragon Flying. The summary reads, Margot sighs when she finally finds Elliot, stepping through the open balcony doors and announcing herself by saying, You know, you're the High King, but that doesn't mean you have to be this dramatic all the time. Elliot scoffs, his hands tight on the railing. He turns to give her a smile. It absolutely does. Well, maybe because it's you, she concedes, stepping closer and laying her hand on Elliot's. What's wrong, she asks, quieter. Nothing, Elliot says, a blatant lie. He sighs. I don't know. I feel unsettled. And that is very much a summary summary. That is a yep. bolt from the fix summary. <laughs> yep. We know how we feel about this. We could put it on a t-shirt and just point to it at this point. <laughs> 
just read the sign. <laughs> read we the don't sign. like extra summaries. <laughs> it's like that picture of the one professor who was so fed up with people asking them questions that were on the syllabus that he got a uh, t-shirt. And the next time someone asked a dumb question, he ripped open his like button down and it, it was just a teacher's t-shirt that said, it's on the syllabus. That is how I feel about this. It's an excerpt summary. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. Oh, boy. Okay, so this is a long one. It is. Uh, this is 30,000. Um, all right, here she goes. She's going to try her best uh, to <laughs> to summarize this in a few points. Godspeed. <laughs> so this starts out it starts off with exactly the, um, the excerpt summary. And, okay, actually, before we start, Aaron, mm-hmm. I have a question slash point to make. Okay. Proof of concept and Wild Dragonfly, and I hope you all are are lawyering up because Disney might come for you. <laughs> the whole soulmate calling thing was so reminiscent of <laughs> of Frozen 2. <gasps> this was it's written like, bef- nope. before? F- nope. Oh. <laughs> no, it was not. Friends. Friends, I haven't seen Frozen 2. I don't know this. <laughs> not in like any huge way. It's, I'm mostly exaggerating. But oh, okay. So the whole thing here is that um, it starts off with Margot asking Elliot what's wrong and Elliot being like, I don't feel like it feels like something is off. And the whole thing that it feels off is he's starting, he has started to feel like a pull or like he has started to feel like he needs to be going somewhere. Like there's this energy around him that it just feels like he needs to go. And basically what it boils down to everyone is telling him because in this universe um th- oh my god also this isn't takes place in the mosaic right in the fucking mosaic in, timeline no it t- well it takes place in fillery <sighs> great um <laughs> so it presumes a world in which both of them are in fillery or every everybody's in fillery like they don't ever leave fillery i see you were like, was it the mosaic? And I, me and Evelyn and Maya were all like, no! <laughs> Listen, I read the first half of this fic and I was like, if I have to read one more fucking time of it, this goddamn mosaic. And then I was like, I don't even. And then I, at some point I was reading and I was like, I don't understand. Aaron has explained it to me four <laughs> times and I don't remember. I just don't know. In this particular case, the setting is Fillory and Castle Whitespire, which is where Elliot is in the series in general because he becomes High King of Fillory through a whole convoluted series of events that we don't have to get into right now. But basically just know that this is a wider Fillorian universe. Like it's a wider scope than just the mosaic was. Great. Yep. So he is High King. He is High King. And because he came from the Earth realm our our world our realm it has been explained to our high king elliot here that soulmates are a thing here and at a certain point every, every, just from when whenever the time is right apparently whenever you reach maturity or some sh- bullshit like that you will start to feel a pull and most people will go on like adventures or like expeditions to go and follow that pull to find their soulmates and that is the thing and so that's what everyone is telling elliot is like hey, it means your soulmate is like it's time to find your soulmate and elliot is like Hell no. Fuck that. I need no soulmate. I don't need it. So some time passes and it's starting to get worse, essentially. He feels a constant pull and now has started to hear like a a whistling, which if you have heard Into the Unknown, friends from Frozen 2, there's that old ah that is like off in the distance. And that is basically what I heard in my head every time he heard it. And I was like, Ellie does Elsa. Oh, my God. I mean, he might be. I Honestly? Yeah, he kind of. I believe it. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hail? <laughs> would you care to comment? Yeah. Do you want to be Elsa? <laughs> I would watch that. I actually would. It'd be great. <laughs> um, so 
Elliot became High King because he was able to use this knife that apparently tells you if you're High King if it makes you bleed, and it made him bleed, so he is High King. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because it's pulled directly from the show, so I'm hearing sure. you like not understand it is so funny. I'm sure. It's like, it's... No, it's like a thing that happened. Like I watched it, like it made sense, but then you're just like, I don't know, there's a fucking knife. I don't, I don't know. Exactly <laughs> they mentioned the knife, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yep. I believe it. I'm not going to go in-depth into it because it is overly complicated for what it is i believe you i believe you but i was like okay sure Mm -hmm. fuck i wish that worked here i was like where's a knife that i can just run my hand across (laughs) so he's high king and he has chosen margo as his high queen and apparently i don't know whether this is a canon to the to when he is in fillery in the series slash books but um there's four typically four monarchs in fillery which is the high king the high queen and then a, a secondary king and queen so Fen mm-hmm. is Margot's soulmate, mm-hmm. and as such has been made a queen. Mm-hmm. So she is queen, and Margot is high queen. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's some tension. This is coming to play later, so I'm going to tell you now. Um, there's some tension because high king is an earthling, not a Philorian. But other people are like, but we have a, a Philorian high queen and queen. So like it evens itself out. Mm-hmm. And the kind of the whole theme of the fic is that Elliot has worked so hard to basically like shed his his mortal life for like his roots where he came from and all his past and relishes being where he is now and he is deathly afraid of anything that is going to shake up that status quo that he has found for himself mm-hmm. to the point where he does not want a soulmate because he's like fuck it no because i'm not leaving like i i have made it i am hiking and i ain't, I ain't going anywhere right basically he, he may as well have been stomping his feet yeah and we cut to some other little fucking village <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alan minces no words. <laughs> oh, I remember the Tells name it like it is. <laughs> this is a little village. And um, here we have Quentin, who has only been in Fillory for a month. But he lives here now. And he's trying to find his way. And he's working as a farmhand with Ariel's family. Mm-hmm. He's new in town. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was the whole other thing. I had to look up Ariel. I was like, I'm sure I know about her. And you... she popped up in the fucking mosaic. Yeah, I, was I was like, gonna ah! say, I was like, do you know where Ariel comes from? The <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, frustration. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Ariel's there and they're good friends. And Julia and Katie and Penny are all here. Penny is the only, I think, native Philorian. And Katie and Julia are also Earthlings. And they were pulled into Fillory when Penny followed his like soulmate pull to Earth and basically said, hey, you're my soulmate. Get your ass in the meta, in the metaphysical car. We're going. We're going to Fillory. <laughs> Get your asses in the metaphorical minivan. We're going. Yeah. And then and Julia was like, "Can Quentin come?" And Penny was like, oh, "Fuck it, I don't care." Yeah. <laughs> so Quentin came too, and that's where we are. There's that triad, that that thruple that is soulmates. Um, we love. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I really just don't selling know them well. me on it. <laughs> I just really don't know them. And I'm like, here's the thing is like, I started this fic with a lot of frustration because I'm so used to, and I think I got so used to a certain cast of characters and in like certain um, scopes. Like Mm -hmm. I I feel like a lot of the magicians fic that you have sent me have been more narrow in scope, not counting something good, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we all know how I felt about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot is the answer. Something Good was also so much of an AU that like was grounded in a familiar reality. Yeah. That I think it's not quite the same as this. <laughs> right. Th- this was frustrating and that like I I should know more than I did and it was mm-hmm. just it was driving me a little insane, but I full I'm fully cognizant that that is just because I have not all my knowledge comes secondhand from you or from uh from fan fiction. So I understand. I'm surprised you haven't found a YouTube compilation yet, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> I can't put myself through it. Yeah, you're not me. <laughs> There's something beautiful about how it lives in my head. That's you fair. know, like I love the fanon that I have come to know and mm-hmm. to to see any part of it play out in real life, then it's like it shatters that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yes, uh, the Tropolis soulmates and Ariel is really nice and has taken in Quentin. And Quentin feels like cool and like he's like, I have friends and it's nice and it's good. Continue, Elliot's condition gets worse, and he's like, what is happening? Cut to Quentin and Ariel going to White Spire Market. Mm -hmm. It's market season, because they sell apples and, like, uh, pumpkins or bananas. I don't remember what fruit. They... Um, It's peaches. (laughs) It's peaches! Peaches. (laughs) I'm sorry! (laughs) It was a fruit! (laughs) Oh, my God. The whole magician's fandom just went... I it's peaches. I am sorry. And plums. <laughs> anyway, peaches and plums. Yes, that's true. Continue. Um, so, so they go to market day and they're selling the peaches and the plums. Thank you. And Elliot is in, like a great mood all of a sudden. He's like, "Man, I feel great. I feel better than I felt in weeks, in months. Wow, new man." And Margot's like, "Hmm." <laughs> fascinating that's us keep going (laughs) and and basically i don't know who or what but elliot eventually finds out that the reason he feels great is only only happens every market day like weekly and he's like fuck so my soulmate comes to market day and so he goes around like the stalls looking and sees quentin and is like that him that him but because he's with ariel and they're like it, of course, it's that classic movie trope where, like, he looks at them right as they start laughing about a joke. And it's, like, very, like, familiar and, like, mm-hmm. intimate. And Elliot feels like he's, like, oh, no, I'm, like, stepping on some toes. And El- But Elliot also doesn't want a soulmate. So he's, like, this is great. He's married. So, like, even more doomed and walks away. And even worse, he's, like, it's, he's a farmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Elliot has found out that his soulmate is a farmer. And that is uh, crushing to him. <laughs> And more importantly, that he thinks Quentin and Ariel are married or in a relationship, at least. And so he's, you know, ready to just say, fuck it all. Um, This goes on for another few weeks. Then uh, at at some point between those weeks, Ariel and Quentin try to, like, start something in that they kiss. And then Quentin doesn't really feel anything. And he's like, sorry, you know, I would rather have a friend. And Ariel's like, no, it's okay. I understand. Like, I knew it was hopeless because you're not my soulmate. I I don't feel that pull towards you. But I figured I'd try. And then they move on with their lives. And I thought, that's, well, that's sweet. (laughs) Not what happened in the show. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No. No. It's what happened in the real version of the show I need that you to the stop fans right there. <laughs> just wrote. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's yes. the fandom. Fandom is canon now. That's what we decided. Yep, correct. So amongst these weeks, um, Margot and Fen go on a market day to, to the stand just to meet uh, Quentin and, like, get some information, and they find out that Quentin is not married and he has no romantic relationship with Ariel, and they're like, 
interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And they go back to Elliot and they're like, oh, Elliot. <laughs> I got some information for you. And Elliot is like, fuck off. Stop meddling. I don't care. So there's a nice conversation with Penny and Quentin where Quentin asks, like, how did you know that, you know, what does a soulmate pull feel like? And Penny is like, well, this is what it feels like. <laughs> and Quentin is like, wow, I guess I got to go into the unknown. Um, <laughs> I dislike you so much. So Woo! much. Yep. So Quentin has realized um, that he's starting to feel pull whenever he goes to Whitespire. And he's like, oh, he must work in the kitchens or something. Like, he must be a servant. And that's why I feel it feels like that when I'm there. So the the last uh, last market day has come and gone. The frost has settled in. Quentin is no longer going to Whitespire. And Elliot is feeling the adverse effects of that. We cut to the tavern back in the little podunk town. I don't know where it is. Um <laughs> And Julia and Quentin are having a conversation wherein Julia reveals she's pregnant. And it's like, oh, my God, congratulations. And Quentin is like, I think my soulmate's in White Spire. So I'm leaving for a bit just to go check that out. Big news happening all around. Everyone's happy. We're like, great. Stellar. Stellar. Uh, As the weeks have gone by, Elliot is doing less than Stellar. And he is, like, physically crippled. He cannot get out of bed because of how strong this pull is. And Mm -hmm. they make a point of saying that, like, trying to stamp this down only makes people like kind of go insane like Mm -hmm. it's it's seriously bad for your body and for like your psyche and your spirit and elliot's like fuck that i can do it i'm hiking and (laughs) i'm elliot i can do whatever i want no correct and he is not in a good way he cannot get out of bed He he can't focus on his kingly duties and it's really all going to shit because quentin hasn't been around anymore Mm -hmm. in his vicinity I forgot to mention that when Margot and Fenn came to their their plum and peach stand, um, they're like, you should come to Whitespire at any time. Like, come take a tour of the castle because they were being sneaky, sneaky. Mm-hmm. And Quentin has kind of been like, well, I'm going to take her up on that offer. And he goes and goes into he meets Todd, who is a fucking guard. And I'm like, poor Todd. Um, and apparently there's some sort of there's uh, there's kind of some leniency here where if you tell them, oh, I am following the pull of my soulmate. They're like, oh that's natural sure come on in someone will escort you while you look around to find them mm-hmm. and as todd is doing that margo's walking by and she's like oh hello you're here to look for your soulmate i got it and then plucks him <laughs> from todd's grasp and you know classically does not remember todd's name uh classic classic margo we stand we love um so here we cut into what i think i'm gonna really just hit light speed for cut to quentin finding out that elliot the high king is his soulmate elliot magically feeling better not realizing that quentin is in the castle margo being like hey, hey, hey you fool <laughs> and inviting quentin to dinner and elliot is like what have you done and so now quentin is a guest of the crown and he is staying he has his, like his like the nicest guest quarters that they have and he's staying there for an undetermined period of time just to kind of try to make this with Elliot work. And Elliot is not receptive to it, as we could all kind of tell. They do have some nice conversations toward the beginning where, like, they kind of start to bridge a gap. And at some point, so we find out about Quentin, which I think we all knew, but in this story, Quentin finds out, you know, just how much he loves history and, like, he's reading all the books of Philorian history and, like, old treaties and, like, all of the political history about, like, the kingdom and he loves that shit it's his jam so he spends a lot of his time in the library 
Elliot comes to find him at one point and they're having a conversation and it's really nice. And, and Elliot says something along the line, along the lines of, well, we're not going to be like, I don't know what you're expecting. There's no, there's not going to be any romance between us, but it doesn't mean we can't have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Quentin is not happy and throws a glass of wine in his face. Cause of course they had wine. I don't remember why, but they did. Because he's in a library and it's a fanfic moving on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's for um, the aesthetic. El- <laughs> Correct. And Elliot kind of realizes, oh, shit, I, I fucked up. Yeah. And he apologizes to Quentin, which is very hard for him to do. Yeah. Leading up to that particular fight, too, like, Quentin had been trying really hard to get to know Elliot, and Elliot had been, like, rebuffing him. So for him to just show up and be like, well, I'll fuck you was, like, kind of insulting. Yes. Yeah. True. Thank you. Yep. Um, My other favorite thing about what happens then is that Elliot goes over to Margo and is like, I fucked up. And she's like, why are you covered in wine? <laughs> it's like, Quentin threw it at me. And Margo's like, delighted by this and is like, Quentin? Little mousy Quentin threw wine at you? What did you do? <laughs> Explain. Explain. And then Elliot explains and Margo's like, yeah, you had that shit coming. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So good. So Elliot does apologize and Quentin accepts the apology. And now they're, again... Now there's equal energy being put forth. Like they are both trying to get to know the other and it's like really balanced and nice. And you can tell something really sweet at some point they're talking because they're both from Earth. Quentin asks Elliot, oh, you know, what do you miss the most from Earth? And Elliot says, oh, cigarettes. I would kill for a cigarette. And because you all might remember, Penny is like a fucking taxi between realms, apparently a traveler. <laughs> um, a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> um Ooh, Arjun so... Gupta, i'm so sorry <laughs> do you want to be on this podcast we love you too please do um i would love to hear your take on penny mm-hmm. um quentin uh, essentially uber eats some cigarettes from <laughs> from penny and penny is like fine fuck it just the only time this is happening and quentin gives elliot the cigarettes and it's so nice it's such a touching little thing we don't condone smoking because <laughs> it kills people it's gonna give you lung cancer but you know what in this case it was it was a sweet gesture and i loved it mm-hmm. cut to there's a like ball i don't know what for but i don't remember what for it's, the yule it's ball. like a ball it's a dance it's a social type of thing is it a yule ball no i'm so. kidding <laughs> i'm just being a sassafras <laughs> i hate you um <laughs> And Margo, of course, made sure that Quentin is, like, dressed up to the nines and has, like, a really form-fitting but beautiful, like, suit. Um, And so Quentin spends all evening kind of admiring how Elliot has ease, like, talking to people and, like, being social. And Margo and Fenn are like, ask him to dance, ask him to dance, ask him to dance. (laughs) And Quentin is saying, all right, all right, I'll do it already. And (laughs) so he goes and asks Elliot for a dance. And they dance, and it's romantic, and you're like, aww. And after that, Quentin goes goes to get, like, drinks for people. And as he's coming back, he gets assaulted by, like, a gossip. Like, gr- like grade A gossip where uh, once Elliot, Margot, and Fancy, and they're like, see who he's with. They're like, oh, no. And so they go and, like, Elliot has to go and save him from the gossip. And it's revealed that Quentin has told, like, was talking to the gossip and says, I didn't know what to say. But she asked me what I, you know, where I'm from, what I do. And I was like, well, I'm... I, I work currently in a farm and Elliot flips out. Mm-hmm. Elliot like shuts down and doesn't like want to see Quentin anymore. And he's like, I can't do it. And basically it all boils down to his past uh, growing up on a farm. And he's very like the trauma that comes with that and not being able to <laughs> not being able to distinguish between like 
his past and his future. And he like, he's terrified of going back to that essentially. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Quentin is going to ask me to go to a farm and I'm not going to do that bullshit. Like he's soulmate or not. I'm, I'm not leaving. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so glad I was so frustrated for like, whatever, like this is like a fifth of the story. And I was so frustrated for all of it. I'm like this hypocrite, this asshole, <laughs> <laughs> sir, there's a very obvious solution, which Margo eventually says, you fucking idiot. There's an, oh, there's an empty throne. Yeah. Like literally. Hello. We are currently seeking a king. <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> and Elliot is like, oh yeah. <laughs> so not- fucking, I was the sharpest tool in the chandelier all right <laughs> i wanted to throttle that man i was like what is wrong with you yeah so this conversation happens like he he opens up to margo about all these feelings and margo snaps at him when she says you have to do something quentin is packing he's literally saying i'm going i'm like i'll come back once a month just so that we don't go crazy and he can continue to be high king but i'm not like i've put in the effort and i can tell that it's not going anywhere so fuck it yep and that's kind of what like is really touching to Elliot. He's like he is willing to come back to like keep me sane. Like he's doing that out of his own free will just to be a good person because he is a good person. And that kind of gets um, Elliot off his butt. And like yeah. And so then they're together, kind of. They're like a they're in like a courtship phase, and they're like oh. And Elliot starts calling him Q, and it's like that's when you know it's serious. And in a Quelia figure, like yes, it's begun. Yep. <laughs> and. At some point, Ariel uh, comes to visit uh, Whitespire, um, and they meet at, uh, like, a tavern in the town square. I don't know. While they're out, Quentin uh, gets stopped by this fortune se- like fortune teller, psychic woman, old woman, who has has made appearances uh, slightly throughout the fic. Um, and she says, you have to run. You have to go now. And Quentin is just like, okay. And he runs. And the line literally says, but they weren't fast enough. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the next section. And I was like, no! what happened (laughs) so we cut to like guards coming into elliot and being like um hey so (laughs) three buildings are on fire uh like a a group of people who are unhappy that you are hiking because you're not valorian have decided to get to you by getting at your soulmate because at this point it was come it was knowledge because of the gossip from the yule ball that the high king had found his soulmate and so they started blowing up places where the soulmate would be. And um, yeah, so Elliot starts freaking out. Ariel is like, uh, they dragged him into like a, a place, uh, into an alleyway and started to beat him up. Um, I managed to incapacitate one of them. And they they have him in custody and the other two ran. Elliot is not happy. Mm-hmm. But they, they have some healers who do good jobs. And Quentin is healed. He's no longer in critical condition and uh, eventually wakes up, makes a full recovery. And it's very lovely and sweet and nice and then they have a whole the whole fallout they eventually find the three men who beat up um quentin and who presumably are uh the head of the of the of the plan to like bomb the city center and like there were people that were hurt but no one was killed i believe there was no like casualties which was nice mm-hmm. but still they're like <laughs> margo and elliot are both off of their heads they're like we're gonna execute now Quentin is very much of the camp. He's like, no, that's not that's not the message you want to be sending out right now, because like you have to show people that you hear their concerns and are willing to reform and like are willing to move forward and not like punish anyone who stands up like against you. And Fen is like, you know, that's right. He's smart. (laughs) 
<laughs> we keep that one. Yes. And Elliot eventually is like, all right, I see I see why Quentin says what he says. But Margot being Margot is like, no, fuck it. We're going to fuck him up. <laughs> and Quentin is like, no, I don't think like I don't think that's right. That's not what I'm voting for. And Margot has this great line where she's like, oh, did I miss your coronation? <laughs> what makes you think you have a say in this? Yep. And I was like, ooh, Trudeau. <laughs> I mean, it was his head that was bashed in. So I think he has a little bit of a say. Yeah, a um, little bit. <laughs> but also Margot yeah. being like, I might have said, hey, we have an open throne, but I didn't give you the fucking crown yet, so shush. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so basically, it boils down to uh, they do they sentence the, the men to community service and to rebuild the buildings that they bombed. And they put out like uh, Quentin puts out like a like a memo. He sends out a memo. <laughs> like a little proclamation. <laughs> a proclamation. Thank you. You know, explaining the situation and saying, you know, I understand, um, but I, I am Thalorian. I have been living as a farmer for X amount of time, and I'm really interested in learning more about your world and how I can help, like how we can help uh, bridge any inequalities that there may be. And basically, people love that shit. And mm-hmm. so he is an overnight sensation. <laughs> and Elliot is a little shocked. He's like, wow, people love you. And Quentin's like, yeah, of course. Um, and th- <laughs> yeah. and throughout the fic, um, we've been seeing really amazing. I love this. Uh, really amazing uh, snippets of Quentin helping Elliot with all the stuff that Elliot hates doing, which is all the paperwork, all the treaties, all the proclamations. It's all the stuff that Quentin loves doing. It's his jam. Mm-hmm. He like loves the history and stuff. And he's like, oh, I can pull things from before, like what was done before, and it's lovely. And so the fic ends with Elliot saying, "I love you. Will you be the fourth? monarch will you be the king and and quentin be like uh yes sure is this also a marriage proposal and elliot getting down one knee is like yes yeah. <laughs> the end will you be Florian's administrative coordinator king thank you <laughs> Wh- there is no 401k i'm so sorry <laughs> where is my where's my Florian high king boss you know i'm ready yeah really and that is the fix dear lord in heaven i tried to make that spick and span but it was still it was still messy it was a sp- Speed run, man. Holy <laughs> shit. Basically, they were soulmates. There was drama, and then it was fine. <laughs> That's true. It's End true. of story. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed myself. Oh, well, I started off frustrated, but not because of the fic, but because of my own knowledge and like my feelings of like I should know more but obviously I don't mm-hmm. etc cetera, etc cetera. and then I was frustrated in the middle when it was so clear to me that Elliot was being a jackass like he had his head up his ass yeah. to a point that I was like come on like that is too obvious like I was like I, I refuse to but that is a my, I could not suspend my disbelief that far to be like mm. oh he never thought about making Quentin his like his monarch he like he immediately defaulted to having to leave like I get it and I because I don't remember fully his trauma and his backstory mm-hmm. and I'm willing to believe like you know that that is a very rational or maybe irrational thought but it's natural to have right or it's in character at the very least yes thank you um yeah and i so i was frustrated at that but other than that by the by the end i was having a great time i was like (laughs) is this game of thrones Ooh, (laughs) you're like ooh, danger into it and then the explosion happened i was like oh no (laughs) (laughs) you were like angst (laughs) angst what there was something I expected to happen, and it never happened. What was it? Man, I, well, I can't ask you that. I'll, maybe I'll, I'll think about it as we talk about it. But mm-hmm. I, I expected the fic to go a different way, and I don't remember what the direction I expected it to go instead of the of the explosion happening. But anyway, uh, overall, I loved the fantasy. I was like, I was in for it. I was, I had a great time. I did think that the soulmate, like the soulmate bit, was basically pulled out from Frozen Two. But by, by I eventually gave into the premise, premise, and I was like, you know what? 
that's fine. I am here for it. I did not know that there was a Frozen 2 connection. So I just was like, this is so smart. Oh, my God. This is, like, the best thing. Like, I'm so into this. I just wonder, like, I wonder if it was a conscious thing or if they were just so inspired by it. Because also the the title of this fic is To Be Unknown. And the song from Frozen is Into the Unknown. So it's, like, how close, like, how much, how much of a connection are we making? (laughs) (laughs) Feels like a solid, yep. solid eighty-five <laughs> percent. <laughs> but it was a good time. Um, other than the things I mentioned, I really enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. I, I feel, and maybe this is just because, like, like we mentioned, this is a new setting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like Quent. Oh, oh, uh, here's a. I thought I thought that the characterization characterizations were close, mm-hmm. but not spot on because mm. so like i thought that margo was very nice kind of the whole thick and she had like snarky comments but i'm like snarky comments does not a margo make mm-hmm. like she has them but like there was a for lack of a better word like a cruelty that, <laughs> that margo like wears on like sl- her sleeve mm-hmm. that i don't think this uh margo had she was a little too nice she was too much the best friend because mm-hmm. kind of the interesting part to me whenever i read elliot and margo's relationship is like how they are both, like, cruel and cold to other people, but they are so, like, dependent on each other. And, like, I just felt like it was missing a little, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. And kind of similarly with the rest of the characters, or at least Quentin and Elliot, because I don't remember Fenn, and I haven't, and Julie, I don't don't see often. (laughs) And just, like, I thought that they were close, but not. Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, so... I think I mention this every time I read a Qualia fic because I am, obs- <laughs> that sounds wrong. Um, I am very interested in how mental health plays into things. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that we didn't touch on his mental health basically at all other than having like mild anxiety around mm-hmm. crowds, which I was like true and fair. But what I thought the wump was going to be toward the end was going to be like, because I feel like most Qualia fics I read have a moment where Quentin falls into depression Mm -hmm. and has a depressive episode and just can't get out of bed, doesn't want to see anyone and basically starts having suicidal ideation. It sounds really bad to say like, I wanted that, but it's, I just, it's to me an aspect of the character that is really important and one that I really love reading about Mm -hmm. and seeing how it's handled in, in fandom so to have kind of like a, a failed assassination plot was not as impactful mm-hmm. as as what I was expecting. Mm. But that's not really knocking anything against it. It's just that is my thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm always really interested to read about that. But yeah, overall, really well done. <laughs> because it is a long one, friends. And I had a good time. I thought that it handled the soulmate trope really interestingly. And I... I liked it a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I would give this a 3.3 out of 5. You sure you don't want to round up? (laughs) I do not, no. That's incorrect. (laughs) This is clearly a 4, but okay. (laughs) We can agree to disagree. (laughs) Uh, I just love this fic. And, like, I agree with everything you said. Like, everything you said makes sense. But, like, I'm sitting here being like... But I love this fic. It brings me so much joy. I love everything they write. It's so long. It's so enjoyable. (laughs) The world building is so intricate. I love it. (laughs) It is. Yeah, the world building is insane in this. Yeah. It it is a world. And I get it, yeah. Um, I can see how this this fulfills a need for, for... someone who probably reads a ton of Quelliot. <laughs> um <laughs> who me but i because i don't read as much Quelliot, uh, it doesn't fulfill all of my like needs but 
I, I can admire it and recognize it for what it is. It's wonderful. That's fair. I feel like the majority of the reasons that I sent this to you were the world building, which I got really into, and also the mechanism of the soulmate, like, togetherness thing in this particular fic. Because I think I, in general, here's a moment where I admit a thing. I don't really like soulmate fics. <laughs> like, basically at all. <laughs> it's, like, one of my least favorite AUs. And Caitlin really likes to make fun of me for that. But it's true. I find them very often like contrived i don't like contrivances hmm. that's the problem it's the same problem with abo and the same problem with a lot of other things i don't like things that are like superimposed right and like it just exists because i said so i'm like no no no. like you have to make this like you have to incorporate this somehow and this felt very well incorporated into the fillery like it made sense that a magical land would have this magical soulmate thing and that this is how this would work and it was well respected like there were little pieces of culture that shifted because of the existence of the soulmate thing right sure so there was a norm that like yeah you let somebody in if they're looking for their soulmate thing but like we make sure to go with them like that was part of daily life that i thought was fascinating in a way that wasn't just like and then we slapped a timer on them and then they met and it was fine you know what i mean that doesn't form a lot about yes oh i can see why you love this fic yeah yeah and i get it I really like soulmates, which I mean, to no one's surprise, I really like soulmates, mm. um, <laughs> AUs. Um, to be fair, to be honest, though, I don't think I've read many. I've probably read more than you have just by dint of like, oh yeah, yeah, the volume of fan fiction that I read. But yeah, it's like generally not my favorite. So when I when I read this, I I had this in sort of my back pocket. This was one where I was like, yeah, nice. I love this one, and I knew I love this one, and I read a. I went back through my tags and had a number of ones that I could have like thrown your way. Sure, but I I liked the mechanism of this one so much, and I loved the world building and i love the detail work and i loved the the writing of it and i love these authors so i was like yep this is the one great i guess i can't do that other angst fest for snowed in (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's why i picked this one and why it's higher it's a higher rank for me but yeah that is fair and and i and i hear you Mm -hmm. it was a good pick Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so should i jump into the fic that you sent me Yes, let's do it. Okay, so the fic you sent me uh-huh. is called As I See It Now by Bygone Boy, which for some reason I have a hard time saying. It is a The Song of Achilles, Madeline Miller, the book, mm-hmm. universe, fan fiction. It is 13 chapters. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's only 20,000 words. I was going to say, 000. if you're about to bitch about the length of this, it's 10,000 words shorter s- than what you sent me. <laughs> I saw the chapters and I was like, fuck nuggets, because <laughs> I did start reading this last night because my life is chaos right now. And then I was looked at the word count. And I was like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's very like small snippet chapters. Yeah, small snippet kind of thing. And I should, I should preface this by I've never read this book. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how to pronounce this man's name. <laughs> this is very funny. So, some context. Okay. The Song of Achilles is my favorite book. Okay. I have read it once. Okay. In 2016. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to reread it because of how emotionally crushing it was. I spent weeks after reading that book sobbing into my pillow because of the world that Madeline Miller built. If anyone is at all interested in in Greek mythology and, like, male-loving male stories, Mm -hmm. The Song of Achilles is – it's a spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. It is beautifully written. It is lyrical. And it is 
so powerful and it will leave you a puddle of goop by the end. So I read it in 2016 and the whole time I was reading it, I was reading in my head. So this is between Achilles and Patroclus. Um, but it, <laughs> I was like, man, I hope he says it. <laughs> I don't want to be the first one to say it. So that's the, I, that is the correct pronunciation. In my head, because I had never heard the name, I read the entire book as Patroclus, which I think sounds better than Patroclus, but fine, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I'm, I don't speak Greek. Yeah, so it is, it is Patroclus. Um, yeah. Great. So I was going to... Oh, I should read the summary. Oh, right. I didn't read that yet. <laughs> the summary of this fic. Quote, he is not granted everlasting life. He is not even given the assurance of a happy mortal one. But it will be this, the immortal promises him, dropping his plea into the hands of the fates like a drop of water, rippling through a pool, always, again and again and again, end quote. Patroclus? Yeah. (laughs) Patroclus? The two of them. Reincarnation, road trip AU, modern day, set in the western United States. Now, before you just give that very heartwarming soul bearing intro i was gonna be a sassafras and pretend that i didn't like this fic (laughs) (laughs) but now that feels bitchy (laughs) have you have you ever heard of diffusing the situation before it happens yep (laughs) that's exactly i was like here we go let me just get these clippers and i was like i'm gonna pivot (laughs) real hard because this fic was incredible oh i'm so glad you liked it this fic was delightful it was it was so well written it's so good it's almost kind of hard to describe it because, like you were saying in your sort of intro, it's written in this very poetic, lyrical style of writing that I'm guessing is evocative of the book. So evocative. I was stunned when I read this. I was like, mm-hmm. is this Madeline Miller? <laughs> Did she write fan fiction? Maybe. So, yeah, I mean, the basic story, I don't even feel like I have to go step by step through it. And I kind of don't want to because I kind of want people to go and read this and like experience it the way that you are kind of supposed to experience it, which is in this very lyrical, very Mm -hmm. ephemeral almost, like, story. But the basic gist of it is it's a modern setting, AU. There's, like, a prologue, which is very Greek tragedy kind of thing. Oh, also, one note, I also don't know jack shit about Greek mythology (laughs) because I was an ancient Egypt kid. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I I feel like a lot of kids kind of pick their mm-hmm. thing that they like really hyper fixate on as a little one. Mine was like writing in hieroglyphs. Yes. <laughs> and Incredible. Yeah, I was really into ancient Egypt. And then so like Mary, my Mary, my best friend in the world, Mary, super into mythology, never wrote in hieroglyphs. So she would know this stuff. I have no clue what's happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None. No idea. But I do. I do know theater and theater Greek. Oh, yeah. In the Western canon. Greek is like the foundation of theater in terms of like our very limited understanding of like European theater. Um, so there's a prologue is what I mean to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that prologue is the kind of what was in that summary. And it sort of introduces the Greek era, just the, sort of the overview of the story that you're about to experience that there are two boys, like there's an immortal. I don't, I, it's hard to describe this. Um, basically it's saying that this is like it's setting it up and this is going to be a story for the ages and then it skips ahead in chapter two to 2006 and that's where the story that we experience lives is in the early like mid 2000s ish Mm -hmm. and it's from patroclus's point of view and he's 17 and he runs away from home because his home life is bad and he ends up on the road and he's hitchhiking and he runs out of money and it's just a bad situation he is helped briefly by 
Briseis? Briseis. Brise- oh, man. <laughs> really good guess. Briseis? Briseis. Yep. <laughs> it's like Brie says. Brie says. Brie's? Not br- Braces? Nope. <laughs> Brandeis University? <laughs> anyway, he's helped along the way a couple of times by some people, but like he is pretty emotionally damaged from a car accident that he was in where another person, like a boy, died in that accident, and he like bears the trauma of that for feeling like he caused his death and it, it's part of the reason he left home so he's very triggered he's going through a lot and eventually uh he connects with achilles and achilles is on the road and traveling to tahoe and he's like all right get in the car we're going he basically scoops him up when things are like at their worst mm-hmm. like patroclus is at the point where He's out of money. He's like under a bridge. It's raining. Yep. <laughs> it's bad news bears. And Achilles is like, get in the car before you freeze to death. And they go on this journey together through the sort of south, I don't know, the sort of like deserts of the Western Massachusetts, not Massachusetts, Western <laughs> United States. Yeah. Oh boy. And they fall in love. I mean, that's what happens is like, it, there's all of these sort of like moments. It's a lot of very tender and evocative moments of like internal narration on Patroclus's part about all sorts of like experiences and just you you get the sense that like this is so much more than just like I happened across this dude and he's attractive and now we're camping (laughs) (laughs) there's something else going on here and over the course of the story it unfolds that like yes this is a reincarnation fic like they have lived these lives before this is the reincarnated existence of these two characters from previous lives and they there's a twist that I guess if you're familiar with the book, it's not that much of a twist, but they kind of start to really be open about the fact that they are interested in each other. They like kiss, they like do the whole thing. And it comes to light that Achilles is enlisted to go to Afghanistan and that really (laughs) shatters things. Mm -hmm. And that I think comes from it sort of a reincarnation of the fact that like in the original, I guess they're torn apart by war. Yes. Yeah. So that is the interpretation of this. And it's left on sort of like an ambiguous ending about how that's going to go. And I don't think I can do this story justice by describing it any further than that. (laughs) It's profoundly beautiful it's really well written it makes me want to go back and read the source material if that's what please this is like. do oh my god and it's just stunningly well done and i highly recommend it <laughs> yay oh yeah there are moments uh, toward the end where so kind of the whole the whole time patroclus because we have his um we're in his head the whole time mm-hmm. is having moments of for lack of a better word deja vu where he mm-hmm. like feels like oh i know I know this man, I know Achilles, and I, I can't tell why. And close to the end of the fic where they have kissed and done stuff, it kind of unlocks for him where he remembers all the times. And there are times that we, like, because in the Song of Achilles, we have literally just the the Trojan War version of it. And this mm-hmm. fic expands on that and puts them in, like, the French Revolution and, like, mm-hmm. different periods in time and, like, gives stories to those reincarnations that I loved. Mm-hmm. It was so yeah. good. So well done. Also, so when we decided on AU's, uh, Soulmate AU's, I very much in my head, I was like, okay, Aaron's doing the Magicians and I know I have to do the Song of Achilles. Mm-hmm. I know, like, I haven't read a single fic from Song of Achilles yet because I was like, I need to wait for the right tag and like, here it is. And I was like, here we go. And I started 
start reading, and this was probably the first full fic I read, because I, I started a few others, and I was like, mm, not really the vibe. And I was like, I'm so excited to read some fan fiction because it's going to leave me like it's going to be happy endings and it's going to be great. And like we're we're going to get some like closure on the book. What a fool thou art. <laughs> I, I was a fool. I cried so much at the end. Not as much as the Song of Achilles, but it is so good. And the ending is stunning. I was out of breath mm -hmm. just like it took my breath away the ending for anyone who's read the book and who loves it as much as i do i definitely recommend it just for the ending because i think the ending gives closure in a way that is very realistic and beautiful and uh i loved it obviously because i sent it to you but i am mm -hmm. i'm so excited to finally talk about them and to like get some representation yeah for sure I really wish I had the context of the book behind me mm -hmm. so that way we could give it the credit it deserves <laughs> so that I could speak to how incredible it is. But speaking only to the merits of the fic, I mean, I have been taking notes pretty steadily this season and this time I just like couldn't take notes. I just had to read it. Like I just had to be in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what I wrote was that it's extremely ephemeral and deeply romantic with a capital R in a way that fic often doesn't achieve. And it's funny because... In a lot of ways, their romance happens very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, he basically picks them off off the side of the road. And if you have any common sense, you're like, this is bad news bears. <laughs> uh, so, but it's just so natural. Like, it unfolds so naturally that you, without feeling, like, forced, that you believe that these people are soulmates. You believe that they are connected somehow. And that's why they are so comfortable with each other. Because there's also some hesitancy early on in their relationship like they're still kind of like stuttering mm -hmm. but it's so clear that there's a connection through the way that they're interacting with each other and the things that they do and like the internal monologue like narration that we get of patroclus like it's just so it straddles that line just right where you like you buy in that this is what this is like that this is legit and that you're not really waiting for the other shoe to drop which i think is kind of what sometimes like road trippy like i met a stranger on the road things can turn into it's like you're mm. kind of always waiting for something really bad to happen yeah and in this case it wasn't that like some external force came in or anything like that it was like no the story played out and that's where the drama comes from and that is so so good and it was so well done and i was here for it i did finish it about mm, three hours ago <laughs> um, <laughs> But it also reads very smoothly mm -hmm. and it like it feels very well crafted. Like it feels like a fic that is written in a style. Yeah. There's an intention behind that style that suits the grandeur of the story. Like if you just wrote this and like, and then Patroclus walked down the street, <laughs> like, <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't carry the same weight because this is meant to be something of an epic, even though it's short. Like it's supposed to have that feeling. And I think this achieves it. Like I think it gives you that sense of like you're reading poetry but in the sense of like the iliad or the odyssey or mm -hmm. something like that where it's it's a lyric poem kind of situation but it's it's also like storytelling in that way yeah so yeah i i loved it i'm so glad i, have no I also had yep. there something that the author does because it's a road trip fic as well uh there's a mix cd that achilles has and it's the only cd he listens to same like 15 songs on repeat and he always skips the last one and you just don't know why until it's revealed and you're like oh that's wow <laughs> um but i love a good a fic where music is incorporated and they mm -hmm. tell you the song because i have my google home and now i can just be like yo 
play this song mm-hmm. and I, it plays as you read the parts and you're like you're there mm-hmm. and it's so good and with this fic it was mm, it was so good yep i loved it the incorporation of also the time frame that it was in i think was also really well done yeah it being set sort of in the middle of the conflict in the middle east and right I mean, there was a really interesting author's note too where the author chose to explain like why they chose to put this in this setting and like what the surge was for anybody who mm-hmm. isn't familiar like wasn't sort of like cognizant of what that was in terms of like you know the time in which america started like the u.s basically started just funneling more and more troops over to afghanistan even though it was a terrible idea and that sort of like threat of war exists in a very tangible way for anybody who was kind of aware of during those times so that context i thought was it was a really a good and interesting way of translating a trojan war tragedy mm-hmm. into a context that we can kind of viscerally understand because we lived through it like yeah. we kind of know why they're freaking out about achilles having enlisted like we get it we get the threat in a way that like i think sometimes when you're talking about historical things it's not quite so visceral like you don't quite sit there and be like no like i know people who went through that like mm-hmm. yeah agreed so yeah all right well what do you rate it merry christmas alan <gasps> This is a five. Yes! It's happened! <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle! <laughs> and I'm not just saying it because it's Christmas. I'm saying it because I believe it, oh but also God. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it has happened. All right. Uh, this so has good. been a good experience, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know who Aaron's going to get to replace me, but I'm out. <laughs> this is it. Mic drop. Good. To, uh, see ya. Yep. Gotta go. Oh, Bye. I'm so glad. I. <sighs> yep. It means a lot, especially when it's like, this is my Qualia, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy. Yep. Oh, yay. Uh, yep. Well, friends, Romans, countrymen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know of a better way to end a show than with, Al- with Baby's First Five. <laughs> end of season two. We have made it. It's here. We have made it. <laughs> It happened. Oh, man. And here we are. Well, before we say goodbye, I want to, you know, say thank you to everyone who listens and who interacts with us on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. We had a Zoom hangout with a couple of wonderful folks who came out and played a, a really fun game. And I am so thankful for all of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thankful for you, Aaron. You are really the heart of the show. Thanks for being my co-host. Good cry. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Alan. <laughs> And I love our friends. Yes. And I love our podcast. <laughs> and it's just such a good little thing. I don't care if there's five people who listen. I love you five people very much. You are the reason we <laughs> And that sounded part. sarcastic, but I genuinely mean that. <laughs> I think we, the more we do it, the more I fall in love with it. Which, I mean, I love mm-hmm. doing it from the beginning, but we are learning so much more mm-hmm. about i think ourselves even just like yeah. through the context of fan fiction it's it's wonderful agreed and i think the more we do this and the more we build up our little like corner of the internet the more it feels like a conversation that we're having yeah. sort of just across and it's not just us sitting around being like look at this thing <laughs> but like an actual like what we intended this podcast to be which was a real celebration of this thing that we love in community with others so i know we said at the top of this that we weren't gonna like say what we want out of 2021 and i'm not doing that (laughs) don't at me but i i definitely hope that as we move forward into the year that shall not be named uh the fic list community continues to grow and we keep on sharing this love with each other and like 
we stay in contact and we just like we just share this joy with each other because goddamn we need some joy right mm-hmm. and like this gives it so yeah thank you to everybody who's like given us the opportunity to turn this like dumb little idea we had in angel's living <laughs> room <laughs> into this really cool thing yeah <laughs> Aaron, if, uh, if people want uh, to interact with us, where can they find us? So, you should go to Twitter if you <laughs> want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. But you should go to Tumblr if you want to talk to Caitlin. Caitlin, you're the best. <laughs> we love Caitlin. Also, speaking of Christmas gifts, Caitlin <laughs> now runs the Fickless Tumblr, yes. which I announced on Twitter a couple of times, but I'm reiterating now that we are at the last episode for a little while. Caitlin is a gift. <laughs> we do not all. deserve you. <laughs> we don't, honestly. She set up a queue. A queue! I don't know how to do that on Tumblr, friends. I've been on Tumblr since I was 13. Do you think I know how to set up a queue? Absolutely not. (laughs) I blocked my first tag two weeks ago. So (laughs) it was supernatural. Don't at me. So anyway, uh, yeah. So we are at Twitter at uh, Ficklist. We are on Tumblr at theficklistpodcast.tumblr.com. Go love Caitlin because she's the best and deserves it. We're technically on Facebook, but don't go to Facebook. Uh, we're <laughs> on Instagram if you want the occasional little snippet video. We are technically on TikTok. Maybe during the break we'll actually attempt to do TikToky things. Yeah. I don't know. We'll do some trends. Maybe. Who knows? Um, in terms of listening to us, I think you should all go back, um, at least from the beginning of this season, and listen to us all the way through again. Or maybe for the first time, if you've just been skipping around, which I think would be a fair thing, on Spotify and iTunes and SoundCloud and what's the other one? Stitcher. Mm -hmm. We were on Podbean for a hot minute, but I think it's gone now. I think it was one of those free trial situations, and I think I let it expire. So we might not be on Podbean. Sorry, friends. (laughs) Sorry for any Podbean friends. Yeah, sorry. Um, Yeah, but pretty much anywhere that like major podcasts get like or like podcasts in general just get like taken from the feed that's where we are <laughs> um yeah but definitely and then for all business inquiries hail appleman or arjun gupta or sir Bishal or really anybody madeline miller i mean really anyone madeline miller please come on the show 100 percent looking forward to season three and we want to we want to have guests yes. <laughs> we want to read more of your recommendations more consistently like we want to do all sorts of stuff for season three so if you have business inquiries please direct them to <laughs> the ficklist at gmail.com Com. Also, don't forget to send us fan recs because hey, season three is coming. <laughs> and uh, yeah, until then, friends, we love you. Happy holidays, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Spread some joy. Honestly, read some fan fiction and have a good time. <laughs> yes. All right, everyone. Okay. <laughs> later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we can't end like that. <laughs> <laughs> we just did. Okay, we just did. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>